Welcome to Own Goal Podcast, date of recording, February 11th, 2021. I'm sitting here with the gaffer himself, Eric Gates, and I think we have an exciting episode. We're kind of, uh... We're... Whoa, we can't just gloss over the fact that you just try to summarily name me as the gaffer. You're the one running this recording, you're the one doing the editing and throwing the podcast up. Clearly, you, sir, are the gaffer. No, that's all the bitch work, so clearly I'm the opposite of the gaffer. Um... <laughs> But, you know, Eric looked at me today and he said, you know, employee, Donnie, we're throwing out the rundown today. We're just going to do something a little loose, a little less scripted for you guys. You know, just the creative genius of the gaffer, of the man in charge, Eric Gates, the man behind the curtain, the Wizard of Oz here at Own Gold Podcast. We're, uh, we're really excited to bring you guys this episode. Yeah, I, I, I had to uh, bring up my concept and idea for approval with Donnie because, as we know, he truly runs this show. But first, <laughs> it's in, it's in our goal! It's a gift. Well, he's almost done well to get that in because he's ahead of the near post. It's almost behind him. Sticks his left leg out. It almost hits his heel. It goes straight into the bottom of the corner. Bottom corner of the net. Gets ahead of the ball. It's the inside of his car. with a thrift store in London where a Bible was found having semi-intimate photographs of a woman with Gabrielle Jesus and Diego Costa. Now there's a lot I have to clarify about this. Um, it, the woman is, it's just the woman and the sock and the Brazilian soccer player in each picture. They're not in the pictures together and she's wearing a different shirt in both pictures. So it wait, seems wait, like, wait, is Diego, is Diego Costa a Brazilian soccer player? I thought he declared for Spain. Well, he's a Spanish international, but he is Brazilian. Yeah, okay. I, I just, I just he, wanted to get He is a Spanish international, but he is Brazilian. And the, just to kind of clarify for like semi intimate, it seems like they are, are they like, they're, they seem to be laying down maybe in like a, a couch or a bed um, in the pictures. Yes. And the men are shirtless, but the woman we're referring to is is clothed with two separate shirt like different shirts yes so it appears that the photos it there is no evidence to suggest that they were all three in the bed at the same time that being said i truly believe there were points where they were all three in bed at the same time why all right. walk us through how you got there okay number one gabriel jesus looks like a guy who's into that sort of thing objectively speaking just really think about the way Gabriel Jesus looks. And we all know Diego Costa kind of likes to stray off sides a little he's, bit, so he's, to speak. He's a, he's a master of the dark arts. Yes. Diego Costa. And there is no bigger dark art than a, quote, devil's three <laughs> Devil's three song, Jesus. Now, yeah, I yeah, also whoa, whoa, whoa. think... Real, that... real quick, I, I, know, I know you have a lot to get to, and I, 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 I hate getting in your way here, but... The fact that this podcast has veered into this direct conversation is proof that you are once and for all the gaffer. Please continue. Hold on. I will that that comment will be addressed at a later time. Um, I'm I'm scared to confront you about it on the podcast. I don't want to lose my job <laughs> as your co-presenter. Uh, but I'll get there in a second. Okay. Number one, the fact that this person these pictures were in a Bible and that woman just dropped it off at a thrift store. And somebody bought this Bible and got what they didn't account for is one thing. But number two, in my head, 
this story is so much better if they were having threesomes. And that is the number one reason I choose to believe that. And now, I'd like to now take us back to Manchester City. If you found out as a Manchester City player that G- Gabby Jesus was having threesomes, I assume this mu- these pictures must have been when Diego Costa was playing for che- for Chelsea. Aren't you offended that he didn't pick you or at least approach you to be involved in these intimate encounters? Like, that's kind of a bad teammate move in my opinion. Like, I'm not saying I want to do it, but I'm saying I'd want to be asked so I could say no. Yes. But if you're allowing the wish to be the father of the thought in, in your you know experiment here, then if I'm one of his teammates in Manchester City, then I am going to come with, you know what, they're probably not having a threesome. Instead, Gabby Jesus just took this guy's girl from her, um, from him. And so like, if you're Sergio Aguero or somebody, you're like, I'm glad he went after uh, a man, you know, a, a Chelsea player and wasn't trying to John Terry cuck his own teammates. That's true. And now this really begs, really the question that really matters is because there, like I said, there is no hard evidence to suggest that um, they were in the bed at the same time. Is that a pun? <laughs> <laughs> pun and innuendo, who knows? <laughs> but I, the real question is, which one was first? Because right? for some reason, that does matter. It does matter. Well, I would give anything it, to have this woman on as a guest on this podcast. If you're listening out there, um, we support you. We do not shame you. Um, no, no. We're not shaming you at all, or them. We're not shaming anybody. It's just funny that these pictures were in a Bible. That's objectively funny, funny without shame. That is just funny. It, well, especially when you when you start throwing out you know rumors of a devil's threesome then beat the photos in a bible like there's, there's and if a it was a devil's threesome, theological connection here we're not shaming you for that either we do not no. shame on this podcast unless you're army hammered that dude needs some help yeah also like like where we do start throwing shame is when you know somebody thinks their wife and their mistress in the same interview like that's where we start yeah you know just because like like at that point don't be an idiot yeah, but this is not this is this is, this is nowhere like that, and and you know, people like they like they do what they want to do, and as long as it doesn't involve eating people, then like, hey, listen, as long as everyone's a consenting adult to the situation, then who am I to judge? Yeah, you, you know, who am I to judge? Yeah, but uh, but I think the timing piece is is important because there's there's three different possibilities, right? Or well, there's there's two it depends. So there's three. There's they were all three engaging with each other at the same time. Which is the best version of the story. There is the engaging with one, and then nothing, and then the other. And then there's engaging with each other at the same time, but oh, but the two men not aware of it. And at that point, oh. who were they engaging with first is pretty important. Oh, like, as in, like... Like, one of them goes, one of the men goes, does the deed, leaves, and then within, like, half an hour, an hour... Or a couple days. like, like, like a like, couple like, days. You know, yeah. But, like, so this this Bible was found in London, right? Yes. So my assumption here is this this woman perhaps was based out of, out of London. Perhaps. So uh, Diego Costa, before Antonio Conte booted him by thanking him for the season was based out of London, you know, for most of, of the year. Correct. Gabriel Jesus, based out of Manchester, would be in London every now and then 
Several but, times. You got to play Tottenham. You got to play Westham. You got to play Arsenal. You got to play Chelsea. You got to play Chelsea. You got to play Palace. What about when they made it to FA Cup Finals in Wembley? Making it to FA Cup Finals? How about League Cup Finals? Yeah. How about playing uh, all the so, London teams in any of those competitions? How about playing the non-top-tier London teams in those competitions? I mean, you could be in London yeah. for so many reasons. So, you know, I, I, I think there's there's an argument to be made that maybe this person was, was hitting it off with Diego Costa and then also started hitting it off with the out-of-town visitor Gabriel Jesus, who would come in town and leave, come in town and leave. It's just there's, there's a lot going on here that – that we have no information, so we're just you know providing a lot of conjecture. But I think you know I, I double down your your statement that there's nothing wrong with any of this, but there is a potentially comical story at play here. Yeah, and 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 that's I'm just here for the laughs again. Um, but just wild. Also, I want to know how many pictures of soccer players are out there like this that are in random <laughs> books. <laughs> Because that would be a coffee table book I would buy. A picture book of just all these players in bed with women. Like like selfies in, in random books. Like, like you know, let's think here. Uh, you know there is definitely some some thrift store in Italy is selling Machiavelli's, uh, you know. Uh, the Prince? Uh, the Prince. And it's got like a photo of Giorgio Chiellini. And then a few pages later, a photo of Luis Suarez, which is definitely uh, intertwining that I'm very curious and interested in. Well, you know, if Suarez is involved, we're only a hop, step, and a skip away from Army <laughs> Hammer. <laughs> <laughs> so what's, what's, what's your ideal uh, book, country found in, and the two players that it's connected? Okay. Uh, my ideal book would be The Rainbow Fish. Okay. Okay. If you are uh, between the ages of two and thirty-five, you are familiar with what the Rainbow Fish is. That would be my ideal book. Okay. My ideal players would be uh, Wayne Rooney. Okay. Is and Jamie Vardy. <laughs> Sorry, but this is your neither of their wives. My ideal players would be Wayne Rooney, number one. Yeah, of course. Just because I think the laws of like Rooney, <laughs> and I love I love Rooney, but like, but he kind of looks like a troll from Harry Potter. Physically, not the most aesthetic, pleasing man. And he's not. He's not Jack. He's not Jack Gilmore. Oh, they are like two different. Tor- they're two different versions of being English. And then number two, obviously, is Kareem Benzema. (laughs) Jesus. And wait, you know what? I'm changing my book from The Rainbow Fish. The autobiography of John Terry, (laughs) Wayne Rooney, Kareem Benzema. That's my final answer. Same question to you. Yeah, so my my example wasn't my ideal. I guess, like, you know, that was something that that, that quickly came came to mind. Uh, So... I'm going to England. I'm definitely going to England and I'm going to London and I'm actually going back to the club that kind of started this conversation. Not, not Manchester city, but, but dear old Chelsea, mm. the book is going to be the, like, you know, what, like through the darkness or one of the bottom, uh, like, uh, like biographical novels about Winston Churchill. Mm. Just because like, how can you be, you know, a, a 
uh, an Englishman and a, and a Londoner, Londoner and not, you know, Revere, Winston Churchill. And the two photo players are for sure uh, Frank Lampard. And Con Terry, 1,000 fucking percent. There's no way that that's not the answer. <laughs> that's funny. And I guarantee you the book was found and purchased in the London Third Shop by little Billy Gilmore when he uh, was a, 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 young, a, young, wee, a young wee lad uh, about to sign for, uh, for Chelsea. I love that. I love that. All right. Um... So that's a story I wanted to get into. I now ha- I have another funny story. It's much shorter, but that'll come up naturally in a different spot. So, um, what do you want to talk about now? Yeah. So I thought you know we haven't really chatted uh, since the end of the January transfer window, and you know the January transfer window is never the big like uh, fireworks show that the summer window is. Right? It's hard for teams to kind of blow up their entire roster except if, in the unless middle you bought of, Bruno Fernandez last year because oh boy that was a good one yeah yeah so so that's true um we, we but but also I, I was you know so that was one of the big moves last year uh so we didn't really have any big moves this year and I think it's partly because the window is generally s- slower and smaller and then we also are on the tail end of a pandemic where fans have yet to return in full force so I think financials are, are a bit of a good concern uh yeah, but nobody has there, money while there weren't a lot of like big, you know, like uh, blockbuster deals, there were a lot of, of 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 a lot of loan moves and a lot of moves that I thought warranted some discussion. And I was hoping we could mostly gear this towards a lot of the the Americans that have you know first off started to move, and then we can move into just a conversation about some of the marquee names of Americans in Europe and what our thoughts are on their current positions. Not like not necessarily. I mean, we can talk about their positions on the field, but but. Where they stand, their, what their status is with their clubs, um, and are we excited, concerned, or we just don't fucking know? Yeah, love it. So, and then and then I figure from there we can kind of you know uh, get some instant reactions to people moving, like Manzukic to Milan, uh, Lingard moving away from United, those kinds of things. So, you know, first I think we had uh, something that I did not anticipate seeing myself doing at the start of the year. Uh, U.S. fans now have uh, cause and reason to actually watch some championship league football, uh, which is an interesting scenario uh, with uh, Paul Nipples, a.k.a. Paul Areola, and, uh, and Jordan Morris. Are, are, we have a, a complicated relationship with Jordan Morris, Morris here on this Own Goal podcast, and I think we'll take this time for Donnie to get into the ins and outs of that, of that relationship. Uh, but with them making stealing loan moves to uh, Swansea. Yeah. Um, I always think it's a big step for MLS guys to go to Europe. And I still die by the statement that I'd rather U.S. nationals be playing in the championship than playing in Major League Soccer. I still 100%. Maybe in 25, 30. I'm not saying that's going to be the way it is for the rest of my life. But for now, and in the 10 years seeing forward, that is what I truly believe. Now... In the case of I will leave I will leave the the nipples aside for a second, but in the case of Jordan Morris, you, you can never go directly to the nipples. You got to work your way there. You got to understand that this guy popped off scoring a game winner against Mexico in San Antonio, my hometown, 
As a college kid. As a college kid out of Stanford, won an Addy at Stanford, and was getting European interest, and you just wanted this kid to just go out of college to Europe, and he didn't do that. And it was heartbreaking for us, for me, because I really liked the way Jordan Morris played. Fast, strong, physical player who could score goals, who could set up, who could track back. He could do a lot of things we who could, needed. Who, who seemed unafraid to run directly at defenders. Not afraid to take risks and take chances. And so I was excited. And then he went to Seattle. And I tried not to be disappointed. I think, okay, maybe a year or two in Seattle and he'll move. And then it became year three. And then it became year four. And it was just like, that is the chapter that I then closed, thinking, well, that's over. He didn't go to Europe. Cool. Yeah, there was a point where he had a trial with Werder Bremen. Yes. And they wanted to offer him a contract. And he instead decided to, you know, uh, he had already signed like a homegrown deal with Seattle. And he instead decided to, to stay in Seattle instead of applying his trade as like a, you know, I think he was 21 at this point, 22 at this point. Um, so I, yeah, we were, you know, I was, I was definitely excited. This guy, I know you really, you really interested and, and excited for Jordan Morris. And then when, when he kind of closed the door in Europe, it seemed to me like, okay, this is going to be a guy that's going to get called up to us camps because he's going to, going to do well in MLS, but he's in a way he was dead to me because it seemed like he was going to land in Donovan this and mm. never make the full move over to Europe. And instead, always play it safe. Yeah. So, I hope this loan. It's obviously very early in the loan. He's gotten a start. He's come. He's gotten a sub appearance, um, maybe two. Um, but I hope it goes well. I hope it leads something permanent. I'm not gonna let myself jump back in fully. Uh, I don't like to be hurt multiple times by the same <laughs> people. Uh, but. It is exciting so, to see him taking this risk. And I know Swansea has some American ownership. Um, but, so, you know, I, I really hope he can be um, he can be successful uh, in that endeavor. And same with Paul Nipples. There are a few, there are just a few things I kind of have to, to tack on there because I remember texting you when the news was, when the rumors were breaking. It was, like, getting very close. And I was like, when is it, when... When is it no longer too soon to jump all the way back in, right, and to, to not worry about being hurt? Because uh, I, I was kind of feeling the same way. It's still alone, which to me means that there's a kind of a built-in e-brake that you can pull to, to pull the ripcord and get back to MLS. But then yep. he kind of he, – he had that post kind of thanking the Seattle organization and the fans. And he's like, like, like you know, goodbye is never goodbye forever, that kind of thing. We need to see where the future takes us, but I've really appreciated everything that you've done for Quite me. Quite a few girls His... have told me that as well, that goodbye is never goodbye forever. It's always been goodbye forever. <laughs> well, to that point, you know, in a roundabout way, his post did really seem and felt like a breakup. This, this is the end of our player-team relationship for now, but maybe when I retire, I'll come back as a sounder kind of thing is, is the vibe I was getting, which which made me way more excited than the initial loan announcement with an option to buy did. Yeah. So I'm really excited about that. Now, another big MLS to Europe move, and I think this might be the biggest one, and Josh Reynolds going to Roma. Another Brian. Brian, Brian Reynolds. Excuse me. Ooh, my bad. Don't, don't know who don't know who Josh is. <laughs> Neither do I. Brian Reynolds going to Roma. Um, first of all, 
credit to FC Dallas because they have been a pipeline of European talent. You got to remember, Weston yeah. McKinney played in the FC Dallas youth team. West, Weston McKinney, Chris Richards, uh, Reggie Cannon, who's over in, in Portugal. Portugal. So this is an, yet another fullback coming out of Dallas. From He's from Fort Worth, and now he's going to be playing for Roma, one of the biggest clubs in Serie A. That is awesome. And I am yeah, that, so excited for this. And and I think beyond just the fact that he's making a move to, you know, one of one of the top four to six teams in, in Syria and one of the larger brands in Europe generally, uh, the transfer story, right? This this was supposed to be a, a done deal with Juventus a while back. And barring Juventus's uh, roster restrictions I think he would have actually been signed out. Signed at Juventus, uh, they had a deal in place with the player, uh, but took them a while to figure out how they can make it work because uh, Serie A has a restriction on the number of non-Italian players that you can have on roster. And with players like Weston McKinney, like you know Juan Cuadrado, like Aaron Ramsey, uh, and, and uh, Adrian Rabiot, they already. Had, had hit that number of non-Italian players on their roster. So they were working with some of the mid to lower tier teams in Serie A, basically trying to say, hey, we want to, we want to buy this player and then immediately loan him out to one of these you know, less established teams for him to play the rest of the season. And then we can move some people around, you know, send some people out, and then we can have this guy on our roster next year. So the fact that Juventus, you know, the largest, not lar- the best, most successful team in recent times in, in Italy wanted this guy and ended up not being able to get him because another pretty prominent Europe, uh, Italian team beat them to it is also really exciting. So would uh, you say that the Brian Reynolds situation has created an early candidate for, maybe not so early now that we're in February, but a, a possible candidate for cuck of the year as Juventus might have gotten cucked? Yeah, it's... it's is there a cuckening? It's, it's definitely... I think on the radar. Okay. I, I, if I, we haven't, we haven't really gone through the, the the current, you know, list of options. I don't think he's the the, the odds-on favorite. You know, I would definitely say something like uh, Luis Suarez and Atletico Madrid cucking Barcelona oh. is, is is way more than money favorite right now. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know that that's but but that being said, I think he they're they're definitely in line for perhaps a nomination. Um, but I'm, you know, we, we have this conversation a lot, you know, we talked about Zach Steffen, would you rather a player go to one of the top dog teams and train day in and day out with the best players, but not necessarily get that first time playing time? Or would you rather a player go to a smaller team and and get the, the PT? Because with Brian Reynolds, it's an interesting scenario. We don't know what Roma's plans are. You know, I think we're about to start seeing them uh, play some games. So it'll be interesting to see how quickly he makes the match day 18 uh, and then how quickly he can crack their starting lineups. I don't know if, if this was a purchase for the future or a purchase for the present. You know, with with Juventus, they would not have bought him to for him to play for Juventus this season, but he would have been loaned out to a, a smaller club to definitely play this season. So it's kind of, you know, it, I'm wondering, like, is this th- these next six months worse for his playtime uh, prospects, but for the next three years better for his playtime prospects? Because Roma is not as deep a squad as, as Juventus is down the road. True, true. Um, you know, I just... I, I said this about, you know, 
Anthony Robinson, and I said this about Weston McKinney. If you're good enough, you'll play. Uh-huh. And I like on the PT versus it's going to be harder thing. I like our young guys having that challenge because you know what? Yeah. If you don't work out at Roma, there's a lot of other clubs in Europe you could still work out at. You know, they may not be as good as yeah. Roma, but they're better than anything that's going to be staying in FC Dallas is going to do for you and, and for the U.S. national team as a whole. So I think I'm always going to say that unless it's like, you know, a striker going to Bayern Munich where you just know it's never going to happen, right? Yeah. Outside of those situations, I think more often than not, at a young age, I want our guys to go through that grind of working your ass off and taking what belongs to somebody else. Because when you're in a World Cup, which at the end of the day, I would give, if it meant that I love Manchester United, but if it meant, if I got a guarantee the U.S. would win the World Cup in my lifetime, but Man U would never win anything else again in my life, I'd still take that deal. Because I watched Man U win my entire life up until now, and I've never seen the U.S. national I'd, win. I'd, I'd take Milan relegated and never getting back into Serie A if it guaranteed a U.S. Like, like not, no question. Yes, exactly. I think that the experiences, whether they work out, they don't work out, but I think these experiences of getting into Europe, even if it's the top teams, even if you have to scrap and fight for your playing time, I really do think that that builds the character and the mentality that I want on my U.S. Oh. national team. And so, you know, maybe he gets into the team. Maybe they loan him out to another serial club. No matter what happens in these situations, especially when the players are still so young, I, I, it just leaves me really excited about what's going to happen kind of going forward. And he's also about to crush a lot of beautiful Italian women. Or men. Yeah. I, I, I believe, or both. I believe, or it's, both. I believe his preference is women uh, based on Instagram. But maybe it's or maybe it's both whatever. He's about to be having a lot of relations with beautiful Italian people, and you know what? God bless him. Good he for it. good for him, and good for and him. good for them. Good for good for everyone. Yeah. Um, no, I, I completely agree, and you know, I think the 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 grind and the fight for roster spots internally uh, that's definitely an attitude and mentality and experience that I want on a World Cup roster. Right. Think about the position Brian Reynolds plays, fullback. Right. We've already talked about Dest. We've talked about Anthony Robinson. Talking about Brian Reynolds. Uh, Chris Richards has put time in at fullback. Uh, fucking Tyler Adams has put time in at fullback Reggie because Cannon. of got Reggie, Reggie Cannon. You know, there's there's a lot of of compelling. Uh, I think position battles coming up in the the U.S. men's national team. Let's even look at Germany. Matthew Hoppe has just kind of blitzed the. The scoring books at Schalke uh, as an 18-year-old as like their leading scorer in 2021. Uh, Josh Sargent, who has kind of been, you know, a solid performer, rave remarks from his managers, uh, both international and club, uh, but right now not really putting the the goals in the back of the net. They're I think going to start to see some some playing time competition. T- Timothy Weah uh, took him a while to get healthy at Lille. And then he's finally started getting some some bigger playing time and has become a game changer and a difference maker in the minutes he's logged in. Those three guys all technically play striker. Uh, I think MLS Greg runs a one striker system, but he, so that's that's three competitions uh, for for one position, which is really exciting. You've got T- Tyler Adams, Weston McKinney, uh, Eunice Musa. You know, there's a potential that we have more midfielders than we do midfield positions. That's going to be you know I think. 
that so having our guys grind at the club level day in and day out for the position, I think will have them bring that same mentality to the men's national team camp, which helps them push each other to, to greater heights. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, you mentioned Chris Richards, so he got the loan from Bayern to really Ho- excited about this to I think Hoffenheim to get that PT, but Bayern had been adamant that he is a big part of their plans going forward but they just right now they want him to get the pt so i think this is great so so this loan was i think one of the like either the last week or last week and a half in the window and i believe from you know the random tweets and articles and shit that i was reading what was holding up them actually getting a move for him was most teams wanted to to bring him on loan with an option to purchase and byron was adamant that an option to purchase is not not available, not at play. Uh, so they were able to to secure a deal with Hoffenheim. I believe that, that is correct. Uh, sent him out on loan, and he actually got some playtime in, in last week's uh, games. And his manager already raved that you know the lad had only been there for for like a week, and he was really really good on the ball, also intervening and making tackles. So you know, I think I think that's going to be pretty exciting. It looked like Hoffenheim runs a three center back system. So I think he was, you know, he wasn't the central center back, but he was either the left CB or right CB. But I, I, I like that opportunity that they run a lineup that puts a lot of center backs on the field. And he was already getting on there after barely being the team. Yeah. Another, another kid that, you know, we've, this deal had been known for a while, but, you know, with uh, your, the, the, Europe, European rules and stuff. Non-European players can't can't come over until they're 18 to sign the professional contract to start playing. Uh, was Brendan Aronson uh, moving to FC Salzburg, which I'm really excited about for two reasons. Uh, I think Brendan Aronson came from Philadelphia, I believe, the Philadelphia Union, if I'm not mistaken, um, or he's the New York Red Bulls, or it's one of those two. Hmm. And a really exciting prospect, and you know, some like the friendlies they had been able to play he started just to, to put some things in his last two games he has an assist and a goal for Salzburg in, in actual competitions and then we've talked about Salzburg a couple times after their really impressive Champions League run uh last season and, their American and also coach, their Jesse American March. manager Jesse March who is attracting interest from a whole host of Bundesliga teams not just RB Leipzig who you know is part of the the same organizational tree as RB Salzburg but I've also heard Gladbach and even potentially uh Dortmund as interested in, in in him as as a manager option so there's a lot of cool things and, and to see Jesse March celebrate when Aronson scored his his goal uh earlier this week it was just it, it felt good yeah yeah um and then I think Daryl Dyke, who was part of that uh, UVA team that lost in the national championship year before last, I believe, and was with Orlando City, is now Orlando. Orlando, yeah, is now on loan to Barnsley and uh, got some minutes today in their FA Cup match against Chelsea, I believe. Yeah, he's he 20, got like thirty so minutes. He's, can't even legally drink yet. Well, he can in England, right? Yeah, and in the states, I mean, he can't. I was yeah, just yeah, saying yeah. he's so, very young. It's exciting. He's so I'm sure, I'm sure that was a big a big deciding factor, right, and why he wanted to to take that loan move. Absolutely, <laughs> he wants to get a pint with the boys. Also, is, yeah. So I think that was a that's a loan with like a twenty million option to buy, which is a is a massive option, and that was an interesting move. So like we said, we've got 
uh, three te- three American Nationals moving to two championship league teams. Uh, the first one that we talked about was you know Nipples and Morris going to Swansea, who are currently second in the championship and are definitely in solid a solid position to to qualify for the playoff and you know can potentially if they can keep up this pace uh, actually gain automatic promotion, which would be exciting. Barnsley is kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum. They are definitely you know in relegation battle and zone. So I don't even know if they were to, you know, stay up where they have the finances to execute an option to buy. And that may have been Orlando's plan. The whole, whole reason is like, we want to keep Daryl Dyke, but give him the exposure to, to maybe impress some people and fetch a higher price. I, I just think it's, it's exciting regardless, yep. uh, but it's definitely, definitely, you know, similar, but very different to the other championship move that we're monitoring. Yeah. And then to kind of just start to kind of wrap this up a little bit, kind of check in on some guys, how they're doing um, across the, uh, who are, you know, have already been in Europe, you know, starting the Premier League. We can, I think, definitively say that uh, Anthony Robinson's move to Fulham has been phenomenal. He has been yeah. one of their, if you ask Fulham fans, he has been one of their best players all season. Very often putting the opposition's best right winger in his pocket for an entire match. There have also been, I think, several, you know, what, like who scored and other, other, you know, uh, blogs and websites who rate the players have have oftentimes rated him as Fulham's best player, and there have been, I think, a few times where he's been in conversation for like part, you know, uh, possibly part of team of the week. So I, 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 I think Anthony Robinson has has definitely excelled at Fulham. You know, he was one of those guys that we saw what. I think it was last year when he went to Fulham in the championship. We're like, this is exciting. He can get some great play time and experience, and then hopefully they can make the move in, you know, into promotion into the Premier League, and then he can do some more even there. Uh, so there's, I think it's exciting for a couple of reasons. It's great to see him playing well. It's great to see him, with the exception of that red card, you know, uh, stand up to a lot of the the top challenges in the Premier League. And also, it's a uh, it's proof that moving to a championship team can provide an end to then get you some some serious Premier League minutes moving forward. The only downside is that Fulham is just shit, and they're yeah. probably very much likely going to get relegated. But I would also say that he has played well enough in the Premier Fulham League. Fulham are currently, what, seven, seven points? Yeah. Out of safety, right. I mean, there's still some season to go, but they still have kind of not looked great as a whole. But I would also then I'd be pretty optimistic about uh, Anthony Robinson's personal chances of staying up because I think a lot of teams have liked what they saw and when a team goes down and they lose that money, there's usually a fire sale of assets. So if the team goes down, I still feel pretty confident that he's gonna land a move and stay in the Premier League and keep getting Premier League minutes. Or he could even go like you know he could impress to where some Bundesliga teams want to take him on, or or some Italian or Spanish teams. You know, it's not you know I, I would love for him to stay in the Premier League, but also there are options that he could impress uh, international uh, outside of just the domestic league. You know that meme, the GIF of Homer Simpson, where he just goes back in the bushes. It's yeah, like yeah. Donnie like talking about Premier League. Eric bringing up Europe. I'm I'm Homer Simpson. I just when you're like he'd go to other leagues. I just like go to the bushes. <laughs> you, yeah, you're wearing you're wearing a Premier League t-shirt. You go in the bushes and you come back with just like a Serie A t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and it it's kind of like 
with the exception of this season, how my Premier League fandom has gone. You know, once once Everton brought on Don Carlo and then uh, James Rodriguez, I'm like, I'm I'm all in on Everton. But like before that, it was oh, I'm wearing the Newcastle shirt, you know, because I'm I'm here for Yedlin. Yedlin, and then Yedlin's gone. It's like, well, I'm now I guess kind of like want Chelsea to do well, but oh, Pulisic's not in the starting eleven. Let me hop into the hedge and throw on the shirt of whatever team they're playing against, um, because like I. I if Pulisic's playing, I want them to win, you know, to just shit pump teams. If they, if Pulisic's not on the field, I want them to get shit pumped. And I think that's a good segue into, you know, part of what I want to talk about next is. Oh, Yedlin, with, Yedlin moved to a Galatasaray. Just Galatasaray. Real quick. And got, yeah, and got his first, his first minutes in a game against uh, Mesut Ozil at Fenerbahce. Yeah. And we all, know the, we all know the Turkish Super League is the greatest league. Yes, and um, he's kind of at 27. He's the veteran fullback of the U.S. national team, which I love. <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. Um, so, but taking it back to London, right? Um, we saw Frank get sacked. Well, and we, Thomas. We, I think we, so. We have a soccer group me, it's me and Eric, and a couple of our um, good buddies. And we unanimously agreed that Frank Lampard was going to get fired. We just did not know it would be that much, like literally within days of that poll in our group meeting. I think you put that poll and then one or two days later, the news came that he got sacked. And I was like, I mean, I knew he was getting sacked, but I thought it was going to be an end of the season thing. There was a part Um, of me that wished they had hired John Terry immediately after sacking Frank (laughs) Lampard. Just, 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 just for the storyline. Like, that is the best possible storyline. Just for the photos in the Bible, right? Yeah, just for the just for the photos in the Winston Churchill biography. So, so where I'm going with this though is, you know, they they brought in Thomas Tuchel to replace him, and you know, a lot of people were excited about what this could mean for Christian Pulisic because Tuchel gave Pulisic his first start at Dortmund, uh, and and you know, they seemed like they got off to a good start in Dortmund. But I also recall Tuchel, I believe, as the manager who started benching Pulisic uh, for Jaden Sancho. I could be wrong, and Tuchel could have left before that happened. But I feel you like you don't that like was... Tuchel, by the way. You 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 do not rate him super highly. I mean, and this is between conversations between us. Now you can deny that if you want, but I know deep down that you don't think he's that good of a soccer coach. So let's. That's true. I think Tuchel <laughs> was a much better, you know. And I don't necessarily disagree with you. I just wanted to throw that in there. I think I think Tuchel has a much better grasp of the tactics in the game than I do, like for sure. You know, like, like, like I'm not I, I'm not going out here saying like I could do better than Thomas Tuchel can do. That's not where I'm going here. No, I could do better than Greg Berhalter. No fucking, uh, I have no doubt there. No question, you could. But like, so 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 I have respect for what Tuchel brings, but I don't think he brings more than other people and other candidates. Um, looking at the the schedule that Tuchel took over, you know. The results he's gotten, Frank Lampard gets these exact same results, and he maybe even gets them more convincingly. Honestly, I I I think Chelsea haven't even really gotten the new manager bump. We'll see as they as they start moving away from the pretty easy schedules, and we see where they're going from here. Uh, but you're right; I'm not a big Thomas Tuchel fan. I thought when he went to PS where he went to PSG after Dortmund, I was like, that doesn't seem like a good move for PSG. He, he he won some domestic titles, but they never got you know the they never got the the the, the fucking Champions League title. But he he took them further than he, anyone. He, I mean, he got he, them. They he were got the, right yes, there. Yes. They, they were, were right there. Right there. 
they were right there. Um, and they, they didn't play bad in the easy... final either that they lost. No, but they played an easy league uh, where they can put a lot more focus and attention on the uh, the knockout you know title, and he couldn't deliver. And now he's in a very tough league uh, where they're in a lot of competitions. And I, I... but this is not. I know I brought talking about Tuchel. You kind of brought that up, and I couldn't resist the 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 hook there. What is really concerning for me as a, a U.S men's national team fan is you know let's not take into account when Pulisic was recently off the squad because dealing with some family matters and that's really important and I, I I'm glad that Chelsea were comfortable just like letting him you know do what whatever it is that he needed to do and hope everything's okay there but before those games Tuchel's first game uh in charge Pulisic was on the bench and Pulisic came in as a sub, you know, with like 20 minutes left. And in the post game, Tuchel was like, "It was probably unfair to Christian." I told him that I, I, of everybody on the team, I knew what he could provide, and I knew what he could provide off the bench. I didn't know what others could provide off the bench, so I had to start them instead of him. That makes no fucking sense. You're telling me there's only one player you can truly like, like gauge what they're going to be able to give and provide you and you want them playing the least amount of minutes that tells me that you actually don't think they can provide you as much as other people can and and, you know to add on to this frank lampard english english in america allies during both world wars oh tuchel german germany and the united states massive enemies during both and and and, and who is one of the players that was on the outs with lampard that is now become a starter again. Jorginho, Italian. Italian, part of the Axis powers. I'm just saying. I And and this is why I don't like Tuchel. Because he's German. Because clearly I think he's you know, got some bad shit going on here. <laughs> um, he's a sympathizer. As <laughs> uh, of what? I will not say. I have no idea. He's a sympathizer, uh, of, though. Of, of, of Jorginho, of and that's a crime in and of itself. So I, I'm worried because under Tuchel, I, I, well, I think Pulisic has only started like bullshit cup games and not, not any important game at all. And, you know, he's starting Mason Mount. He's starting Timo Werner, Kai Havertz, uh, Hudson Odoi, who, who Callum Hudson Odoi has actually, I think, been playing pretty well. And that, that makes sense. But unfortunately, that's not good for for us, and so I'm I'm at a point where I am concerned because Pulisic is not playing at that blistering level that he played in the restart, and that that makes sense. But he also, you know, he has what like one goal and two assists this entire season, and he's not getting the minutes in meaningful games. You know, if what came out of this that Pulisic went to a team where he always played consistently, and it was a team that I didn't dislike as much as I dislike Chelsea. Not a bad, uh, not a bad ultimate eventuality. Yeah. But like, like I'd be curious what Chelsea paid, what 76 mil. For, yeah. For they, they paid a pretty penny. He, he's played in his, you know, season and a half. He's played really well. Yeah. Uh, just from like a numbers perspective and, and, and it's a visual impact, but he's also had a pretty scary you know number of games missed to, through injury so i'd be curious if they could even sell him for the city like there's no way they want to there's no way that they're going to take a loss on Pulisic. so i don't 
see them selling him off unless they can make well, money. I don't know if they can do that right now. Okay, but you're also ignoring the fact that whatever they cost him, you got to think about what they made in jersey sales in the U.S. from Pulisic. So you got to. That's fair. So they could sell him for less than what they bought him for, but not necessarily taking a loss when you take taking in merchandising. He has been a huge part of popularizing. Re- Chelsea got popular in yeah. when Mourinho came and they started winning and they started challenging Manu. With, with, with I remember in middle school, boat, yep. it was annoying as shit. All these kids who never watched soccer before were like, oh, I have my folder for fucking math is blue because I Chelsea. <laughs> fuck you, Easton. You know who I'm fucking talking about. Um, vendettas from when I was 12, finally coming off my chest nearly 16 years later. Uh, but long story short, um, you got to also, yeah, so I think certain players, you got to think about the impact of, not not all players, but certain players' jersey sales and marketing and what value that that added also kind of plays into the financials of it. Yeah, I, 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 what I'm saying is I don't see them moving on from Pulisic oh, no. unless, unless they can work a deal with Real Madrid where they get Eden Hazard back on the cheap. Do they want if Eden Hazard, Hazard back? If Hazard comes back on the cheap, I think they have to move Pulisic because you know he costs. You know he, they can even if even they sell him for less than they bought him, they can get a pretty penny for him. And also, like there's no way that roster fits everybody in there. But is Hazard good? They, he, objectively, he, he was in the Premier League. He was in the Premier League. But since then, Hazard objectively has been a horrible soccer player. I know. Like the only player who's been worse is Luka Jovic. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Can we, okay. Let's end this U.S. segment because there are other things I want to talk about, and okay. I know we we we've been going on this for a bit. Um, but so the Pulisic situation, I think you've kind of played it out. I hope he stays healthy. I hope he gets games again, and we'll just see how that goes. The other American player then in the Premier League is Zach Steffen, who's been playing all the cup competitions, stepping yeah. in when Ederson's doing good. Pep has been really high on him. He, he hasn't obviously taken the number one spot from Ederson, but it seems that everyone likes him. He's happy. He is getting games. Um, yeah. I think it, this is that's playing out as well as it could play out. So yeah. that that's good to see. Quickly just jumping uh, to a different league. You know, I think we've got to talk about Weston McKinney. Oh, my God. Phenomenal. The Juve move, you know, we, we had the same talk. Is he going to get the PTR? We, we were, you know, we, we, we had the same deal, and he has just been incredible. He has quickly turned himself into one of the more indispensable players in Pirlo's lineup. Uh, he's a game changer when they don't have, and, and even just like on the mini reddits and stuff, the Juve fans like like are frustrated when he's not in the team and are happy when he comes on and, and starts changing games. Yeah, I mean, he has just been, and it, and it drives me crazy. I hate it so much. And Cristiano Ronaldo loves him, Dan. You see, yeah. I see every week on social media, I see a new video of them like in training giggling smiling like i feel like if you join a cristiano ronaldo team and you get in with cristiano ronaldo then you're good look at marcelo him and ronaldo were best buds yeah um so jumping over to to germany i think a couple people talk about real quick Gio arena um i'm I'm, I'm, I'm overall pretty happy to see what you know every now and then it seems like he gets benched and fucking julian brandt uh place for in, in his place but then there are times where like Royce sits out and they both play and then there are times where Brandt is benched and Gio Reyna plays so it looks like they're just they're just you know altering the squad squad I don't, I'm not concerned about Gio Reyna although Dortmund have not been playing that well this year up to the 
And there are rumors that if they miss out on Champions League, they may have to sell some players financially to like kind of stay up with their high wage bills and all that shit. And obviously, uh, Erling Holland would be the first you know money getter. But with his his age and his pedigree and his skill set, Gio Reyna would probably be somebody that they could fetch you know high thirties, maybe even to forties and fifty mil for. Yeah. Um, other other you know player that I think is a little more concerning for me is Tyler Adams. Yeah, I don't know what's happening there at uh, at Leipzig with him, man. It is not not good. There are every now and then he'll get a start or he'll play in like as a wing back or a full back. Uh, it just seems like Leipzig have a really really clou- crowded midfield, uh, like Sabitzer, Almo. Uh, fucking, uh, and, uh, what's his name? Yeah, they're, they're, sorry, there's, there's, just, there's too many of them to even kind of recall and remember. Uh, so I see a lot of lineup congestion, and, you know, I think Adams is getting some league games, getting some cup games. It's hard to say. When he plays, he, he does not disappoint. It's just, you know, what, how, how much can he grow if he's not, not playing where he, you know, where he is consistently? Yeah, that's going to be a concerning one. And, and it might be a move to a maybe a, mid, a, a more mid-table team could be better for his career and for his development. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Uh, where do you want, where should we jump into now here? You said you had a couple things you wanted to cover. I did. I, um, what, 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 there was something I wanted to get into, but we were talking about the U.S. men's national team. It was just now. What, what, what were we talking about when I said I want to get into that? Um... I called you the gaffer. No, 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 no. It was like just like two minutes ago. I honestly don't remember. Right before we jumped to Italy. We're talking about Chelsea. Fuck. Tuchel. Tuchel. Chelsea. Damn it. Dude, I think we need to, oh, I think we need to oh, pause oh, this. Oh, no, 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 no. We don't need to pause this. Okay. <laughs> now I remember. Okay. Eden Hazard has been terrible. Oh, yeah. Luka Jovic. Yeah, yeah was also horrible. And I want to remind you that when he went to Real Madrid, I, I wasn't convinced. I and was. I, and I pointed out, we talked about his goals, and I said, yeah, but you got to look at that in context. If you take away the five goals that came in one game, his goal-like scoring wasn't all that great. And I just want it to be known that on this particular topic, I was correct. And he was a bum at Real Madrid. Yeah, but then when he, when he immediately moved back to Eintracht Frankfurt, he scored in his first goal, like in like his like first ten minutes. So my counter here is, I think I had the right data, it just provided the wrong output. <laughs> so you were right, you were right, and I was wrong. But I don't think I read the information incorrectly. I think it was just right concept, wrong outcome for me. <laughs> So I'm glad at least his career is back on track. I, I mean, I, you know, I don't want to see someone like he's 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 young too. Yeah, and and you know, just maybe just not the right move. Uh, I'm glad he's back at Eintracht Frankfurt, and you know, now he can work with Andre Silva. Um, who it's funny because he was he had a really strong partnership with Ante Rebic. Uh-huh. Uh, Milan and Frankfurt swapped Andre Silva for Ante Rebic. And so now, now Jovic is back at Frankfurt. And he's now pairing up with with Silva. And didn't Rebic just have a? 
A brace. A brace for Rebic, Rebic and Ibra had braces. And um, I love that Milan have just decided to, to take in mind of having old, lanky strikers. You just bring in Mario Mandzukic. Yeah, I mean, we talk about, like, he's he's a bit past his prime, but another one of those masters of the dark arts. Uh, you oh, know, yeah. What, especially, like, like, the way he embellishes and dives and tries to, like, work the refs. That is... What what hurts for me is like I see Mario Mandzukic's antics on the field, and I think that is Juventus embodied. Well, and now we got him, and it's just like also guys like I, I we need ba- reinforcements and backup for Ibra, but I was kind of hoping we could get like a young guy who <laughs> who could like learn from Ibra, and then like eventually when Ibra's body gives out on him, can can move into that that primary role. Um, and, you know, like 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 Leal is a possibility there. Um, he, he's I love had a, he's had some fantastic performances. He's also like kind of as the center point of an attack struggled and been better on the wing a little bit. Now I'll say this though: people forget. We're around the clock, two thousand four, two thousand five. Young Cristiano Ronaldo as a winger. When you're, mm-hmm. when you're a guy who takes every game, you're you get the green light to take on players. You have games where you're beating everyone, you're looking great, and you have games when you're bad. Yeah, I honestly think that that is part and parcel of being a young developing winger where you have games where everything's going off for you and you have games where you know you're in the fullback's pocket so i just want to say that in his defense because i do like that i i have no i'm, I'm very excited about Leia. i have no concerns there i just i have more concerns about like we brought in manzuka he's so old and like that's it's a, it's a choice and it's just so i, I know we, we're going to kind of quickly just i think hit the leagues real quick so i i have just a little bit of sale at syria you know we've talked a, a few episodes ago we kind of asked it, when am I ready to consider, you know, our Milan true challengers for the title? Obviously, from a standing aspect and just from a numbers aspect, we are definitely challenging for the title. You know, we, we are currently in the lead on the table. We're, we're, we're seesawing with Inter, you know, during each match week. We've seen Inter, we've seen Juve start to close the gap on, on Milan. Uh, just the depth that we've had and a lot of, you know, the fact that every single game Milan has played this season, a starter has confirm themselves out for at least the next game whether through covid injury or suspension and that is not yet not yet fallen so the team is just not deep enough to i think maintain uh, a championship push and we're starting to see you know inter look really daunting juve uh getting their shit together but it's you know, I, I would I'd be lying if I if I said I wasn't starting to get you know my hopes up uh, with the results that are coming in. Uh, like it's 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 possible. It's you possible. Poor bastard. And that's how I know it's all going to come crashing down. Um, is there anything else you kind of wanted to add there, or we're 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 being brief? I figure on that stuff so we can talk yeah. about the other stuff we want to talk about. Yeah, I'll yeah. also be brief on the Premier League. Unlike you. I'm not stupid enough to believe that Manchester United could win. And of course, in, in my defense, in my defense, our clubs are in slightly different trajectories right now. Yes. Cuz what did Man U do since we last recorded? Only things Man U could do. You lose to the worst fucking team in the league. That's three points drop and you let Everton come back on you. And I'm watching that game with my family. My entire family. I rarely get to do that. I'm in San Antonio with all my brothers watching Man U. We're up 2-0. Things are great. Now it's 2-2. Now I'm pissed. We're up 3-2. Things are great. But what is Man- how does Manu play defense? Hand up, looking at the referee. Just disgraceful. And now City are five points clear with the game in hand. And we said City were going to win. Now I'll yeah. just be happy if Manu finishes in the top four. But 
I never <laughs> once for a second allowed Believed. myself to think that yep. they were going to win. And it's because they didn't let me. And you know what? God bless them. So, so I have a couple of things here. First off, to tie it back to my statement on Milan, I don't think we're going to win the title. I'm just saying I do see that there is a pathway mathematically where that could be achieved. That's all I'm saying. So will I be crushed if Inter win the title? For sure. Uh, but more because I hate Inter and less because like I believe Milan will win. I think Fair. they can they they can win, but if I'm a betting man, I put money on a couple other teams over them right now. Moving on to, to United, a couple things. Uh I don't know if they still are, but I think at the point that they lost that they beat United, Sheffield were on pace for the lowest total points in the Premier League since like the fifties. Yep. That's rough. I'm so sorry. I, I, I actually don't relish that result in the slightest. Where I feel more guilty is, you know, this year for as long as they have Carlo and James, I'm I'm a fan of Everton. Yep. And and like for me, who's like you know, I don't have a lot of investment in in specific specific teams. So United went up to two zero. I was like, oh, that's a bummer for Everton, but it's also like been fun to watch watch those goals and, and the open play. Everton made it again. I was like that's that's fascinating. Everton go down three two. We're in the like the final minute of stoppage time. No 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 no, 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 no. We are well within a minute past what was put up on the board. We were not in the final minute of stoppage time. The final minute of stoppage time had actually expired. We were in some bullshit extra minute, first of all. Well, well, no, 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 that's not where I was. So we are in the like the final minute. There's like like stop time was like three or four minutes, and we're we're, we're thir- there are four minutes, and we were at three thirty of, of of stoppage time. And I stream uh, through the NBC Sports app, and my stream froze. And when the stream freezes, you have to back out and then go back in, and it makes you watch the commercial again before you can start watching it. So I was like, it's three two. There's only thirty seconds left of stoppage time. I'm just, I'm just, I'm done because I, I'm not going to be able to get back into the game in time. So I just like walked away, turned on the PlayStation, and then saw your text about like Man United classic fucking defending or, or lack thereof or something. And I was like, what are you talking? I, I didn't say it, but I had to go look it up because I, I honestly believe the game was over and United had won three two. I was, it was like ten minutes later when so I realized what lost. the fuck happened. So it's your fault they lost. You fucking it's, scumbag. I'm so sorry. So. Um, it's going to be really interesting, though, to me, the battle for the top four. United and Leicester have the advantage in points, but, I mean, you have quite a few teams that are right there. You know, Liverpool has been not good, hit the injury bug. Liverpool, Chelsea, Westham are all within a point. Everton is three points behind Liverpool at fourth, but with two games in hand. Tottenham is four points behind, but a game in hand. Villa is five points behind, but a game in hand. No, no, they'll have two games in hand. Two games in hand, excuse me. So it's like you really have, I'd say, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight teams battling for three places because Man City are guaranteed to win. If if Villa and Everton win their games in hand, Liverpool are sixth. Yeah. In the, in the live table. Now, I believe one of those games that got pushed was Everton-Villa, so they can't both win their games in hand. But I also think if they were to win their other games in hand and draw, they would currently be a point above Liverpool. Yeah. So it's just exciting stuff. Um, You know, one of the surprises of the season, by the way, has been the team that is a point behind Liverpool in sixth place in Westham. And they just added Jesse Lingard, who's on loan for Man U. Um, and he, of course, like everyone who leaves Man U, immediately just boom, brace, instant brace. 
just immediate impact. <laughs> and then fuck David Moyes, by the way. <laughs> There's just... Now, I'm going to get the last laughs because I'm going to show you a picture of a girl on Instagram. Okay. She is just incredibly good. Okay. That girl yep. is Jesse Lingard's ex-girlfriend. Okay. Can you guess who her current boyfriend is? David Moyes. Jason Derulo. Oh, really? Swear to God. <laughs> the only thing that keeps me going now is knowing that Jesse Lingard <laughs> was cucked by Jason Derulo. <laughs> That's just an interesting I mean... tidbit. I mean, she may go back to him after that performance, though. That yeah. opening break, like, good like, for him. Looked... I, I have nothing. I have nothing against Jesse. I yeah. want him to have a good career. I just he didn't have the consistency or the talent level to be a proper Manchester United player. But he's he's, t- he's certainly talented enough to play in the Premier League. Well, and it seemed like he 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 kind of lost the grind to kind of you know earn his way into the lineup as well. Yeah. Um, also, can we can we quickly talk about Delhi Alley? trying to go to uh, PSG and Pochettino trying to bring him to PSG and uh, Jose and Spurs not letting him leave because they didn't have a replacement lined up. Why do you need a replacement for somebody who never plays? That was, that was, that was, that was, uh, I think Jose and Tottenham wanting to spite Pochettino and not letting him bring a player that he just liked from, from his days at Spurs. There was, that was bullshit about, we don't have a replacement. Delhi play, Delhi doesn't play. You don't need a replacement if somebody doesn't play. That 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 would suck to be Delhi. Yeah, there that was fucking horrible. Um there's some juicy matchups coming up in the Prem this weekend. Uh Leicester Liverpool, City Spurs, Arsenal Leeds, Everton City, Merseyside Derby, Villa, um, Leicester, and Arsenal City. So City's gonna be involved in a lot of them. City will win all of those games. Yeah, I, I think I think City, honestly. I, I think we've talked about it that even around December they were starting to look scary and they have you know their offense hasn't necessarily clicked but their defense just looks incredibly intact and strong. I I do believe like you do they're gonna pull away with this, but I think we're gonna have an exciting you know top four finish. I have a question for you. Sitting in eleventh at thirty one points is Arsenal. Uh, they are nine points behind Liverpool and they are on you know the the pace right now twenty three games played. Obviously, they're behind all the teams we've mentioned, including you know Everton, Tottenham, Aston Villa, and Leeds, who are seven, eight, nine, and ten, who all have games in hand on Arsenal and points above. Do Arsenal have a path or a shot at fighting for Champions League qualification this no. season? No, they're done. I think so too. I, I I completely agree. I think they they started looking pretty hot and and were making some noise, but I think they've kind of petered off a little bit. I and... I'll say this. I will Dunchain. These teams, I will say, I'll bet 100% chance, no chance at qualifying for Champions League this season. Leeds United and below. Starts at Leeds and it goes below them. I agree. Which, to me, really makes me sad because I loved what we were seeing out of Southampton. Yes. But, in like, I, honestly, I could watch James Ward-Prowse take free kick all day. Also, uh, I mushed Wolves so badly. Because I was going in on yeah. them. And yeah. wow, I, like, I have cursed well, them. They, that that Jimenez been... that that Jimenez injury broke them, which was also my fault. <laughs> in, uh, in a way, 
No, I think you're. I think you're right. I think you know. Obviously, City are not in a top four fight because they are running away with the with the title. You got United, Leicester, Liverpool, Chelsea, West Ham, Everton, Tottenham, and Villa. Yep. And that's exciting. And I, you know what? I, that is fun. When we podcast in another few weeks from now, I'll eliminate another team. <laughs> I'm just gonna eliminate teams, so I guess the top I four. Just, I'm laughing because I have a feeling that you're you're like I'm gonna eliminate United, but I, I know <laughs> we're not going there. <laughs> I could if I had to pick the next team I'd eliminate <laughs> after Leeds. It's Manchester United. <laughs> Fucking don't do shit in the January transfer window. You could you could have bought bought a center back, but nope. Let's do nothing. I don't want to talk about that now. Um, we can talk about your boring Liga. Well, twenty games played. Bayern are up seven points. It's uh, yeah. That's um, it's done. It's that's done. done. It's 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 an exciting top four battle at this point. And that's about it. Well, and that's something that we really haven't had too much in the past, right? Like, I think in, in the past when, when Bayern has pulled ahead, and actually this is an earlier pull ahead than they've had lately. You know, the last couple of seasons, um, Leipzig and Dortmund have, like, cucked themselves um, a little bit later in, in the game. But what's interesting to me is, is, you know, usually when that's happened, we've had, like, Leipzig and Dortmund securely in top four. Uh, right now, or not Leipzig and Dortmund. Dortmund's in sixth place right now. Dortmund are four points out of Champions League. Yep. So while, like, you know, I think Leipzig, what, are are six points in, in Champions League, I'm very interested in watching uh, Dortmund and, and what happens there because they have too much talent not to be, you know, a top four team in the Bundesliga. They should be at least, if not fighting for the title, fighting for second every single week, and they have not gotten those results. And then, you know, we also have... An interesting situation with, with with Schalke, who are dead last in the. Uh, wow, Schalke are going down, and that is wild to me. Dead last in in, in the Bundesliga, by Dude, they don't they they have single digit points. For this they they have single digit points. They are nine points away from the playoff. They have one win. Wow, one win. Yeah, that one win was a uh, Matthew Hop hat shirt. Yep. So, uh, oh, caveat, Club World Cup. Not that anybody really cares about it, in my opinion. You just want to talk about Gignac. You mean my hot guy of the week, Andre Pierre Gignac? You mean the golden boot winner at the 2020 Club, Club World Cup because he scored Donnie, one more is, than Lewandowski? Yeah. Donnie, this is honestly the first time I've ever heard you talk about uh, the Club World Cup, ever. I've never heard you bring that up organically in text, in conversation, in a pot. I've never heard you mention the Club World Cup. Yeah, well, I didn't have a reason to until my boy, Andre-Pierre Gignac, was the Golden Boot recipient at the Club World Cup. Um, he joins the likes of... Donnie's Googling this right now because he's never cared for... I can't wait for you to nominate Gignac for Hot Guy of the Year for the Oni solely because he got Club World Cup Golden Boot winner. Oh, wait, that's regular World Cup. Um... <laughs> Now that would be electric if yeah won the World Cup Golden Boot. I mean, at that point, you have to name the award after him. Okay, I googled FIFA Club World Cup, and um, my entire computer just started doing like little fireworks. That, because, that was kind of cool. Donnie, nobody cares. <laughs> Can we just see who else has won Golden Boots at these things? Let's see. Awards. Golden Boot. 
Oh, there's. It has I'm a gonna cult? guess cream. I'm gonna guess cream Benzema has one. If we're lucky, okay. I'm gonna guess David Villa has one and Cream Benzema has one. Oh, okay. So in addition to his golden boot, he also won the silver ball as the second best player. So great. Um. So not the best player. Well, I mean, he was the best player. No, he got silver ball, which is second best player. Yeah, but I mean, Wesley Schneider got silver ball, and he was the best player too. Usually, silver <laughs> ball means you were actually the best player. <laughs> no, you can't. You can't use one example and then say that is proof that this is usually what happens. Sure, I can. I love. I'm so sorry to our listeners right now. It's just Donnie scrolling through Google and, and me making fun of his pretend fandom of the Club World Cup. Been a fan of the Club World Cup. I've always been a fan of the Club World Cup. And you know what? Okay, you know, here's, where I'm, here's, here's where I'm calling bullshit, and let me tell you why. There have been times where we have A, watched, and then B, discussed performances, tactics, and predictions for competitions such as the U17 CONCACAF Championship and the U17 Men's World Cup. And until today, you have never once mentioned to me upcoming games in the club world cup previous games performance in the club world cup i know for a fact that if you had cared about the club world cup for longer than today you would have talked to me about it because you and i are incapable of enjoying soccer and not discussing it with each other okay but did you know that andre <laughs> pierre Gignac joins the likes of cristiano ronaldo as fifa club world cup golden boot winners and he joins the likes of Wesley Schneider as FIFA competition silver ball winners that were wrongfully cheated out of the you golden have, ball. You have no idea if he if Gignac was wrongfully cheated out of golden golden ball. Okay. How many minutes of this competition did you watch? Twenty seven ish, roughly. And that's my point. <laughs> While I may not agree wholeheartedly, I think. With the forlorn uh, Schneider debate, I know you you have a strong feeling. You are justified in your opinion there because you have you have watched enough tape, you have you have seen enough of the performances to have a credible claim there uh, for a grievance against Wesley Schneider. You have not gathered enough data or intel to have that claim about uh, Gignac. This also reminds us that in 2014, Burger King in <laughs> France. Ran an ad campaign that said "Le Whopper pour Gignac," which is the Whopper for Gignac, because right because when you played at Marseille, rival fans would chant "Un Big Mac for Gignac," because you know he's he's one of those players where when his career is over, he will be heavier. He will be thick. Yes. Yes. he's a handsome thick man, though. Yeah. Yeah. But like when his career is over, or if he ever does an Eden Hazard and moves to Real Madrid. He, he would put on the pounds. Also, if anyone's listening, you can find me a Guignac France national team jersey or Marseille jersey. I'm interested in I will not be wearing the garbage El Tigres jersey. He will pay top dollar for that. <laughs> yeah. I will probably pay twice as much as its street value. <laughs> um, I guess we should talk about... Champions League. Well, no, two things before oh, we get to that. And then, yes, sorry. we will talk about the Champions League. Um, one, speaking of the French, um, Lille is still in top position in the Uber Eats League, but PSG will still win it. They're only three points behind. They yeah, will close yeah. the gap. 
That's all I wanted to say about that. La Liga. If Atletico Madrid does not win La Liga, they will have to win Cucks of the Year. Oh, for sure. They are five points up on Real Madrid with two games in hand. They are eight points up on Barcelona with one game in hand. They could be 11 11 points points up on second place Real Madrid. That is crazy. They have been just winning games left and right until recently when they were held to a draw by our beloved Celta Vigo. Bless up, fam. But if Atletico Madrid do not win it, it'll be one of the all-time choke jobs. Yeah, and it's interesting. We actually this this either way it plays out has serious cuck of the year uh, potential impacts because if things continue as they are and they win this handedly. Uh, that automatically puts Barcelona in line for Cuck of the Year for shipping out Suarez, as previously mentioned. I mean, this is these are these are two heavyweight Cuck of the Year battles going on right now in the same team. Yeah, same league. Yeah. So that's the last thing I wanted to mention. They have just been on a tear, and that'll just now we can primarily preview the Champions League round Let's of sixteen. It's always the, the 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 weight you have between the groups to end of the group stage. It's excruciating long. Yeah. Not that I had a horse in this fight or anything, but no need to bring up past memories, I suppose. Okay, Barcelona PSG first matchup. There's some history here. Um, the Argentinian Pochettino versus the Argentinian Messi. You know, PSG kind of struggling this year a little bit by their standards, but not as much as Barcelona have been struggling. And, interesting enough, because they chose to, because a few day, a couple days ago, PSG chose to play Neymar in a cup match against a second division uh, France team. Incredible. Neymar's injured and he'll miss, the, he'll miss the first leg. He's out for four weeks. Four weeks? I think that's what I just saw today is they think he's out for four weeks. Poch, what the fuck are you thinking? I know. Oh my god. And he, and he doesn't even have Deli Alley to back him up. I like that's that's a, that's a nice little callback there. Thanks. Um, this one is a tough one for me because neither team is playing well. Mm-hmm. So it's just like who on this matchup is going to play a little bit better? I even though they kind of not good. I'm going to give the edge to Barca. I mean, they have Messi. And, like, obviously, PSG do have Mbappe. But at this stage in their career, you know, I think Messi has enough to pull them up more. Also, Barcelona started the year out piss poor. But they've been doing okay. Not great, but okay yeah. uh, recently. So I, I, I actually completely agree with you. I do think – I also think – Barcelona are going to make it through, but it would be silly for anybody to uh, miss watching these games because I think they, w- I think it will be close tie. Also, talk about just there's a big manager mismatch here. On the one end, I think a lot of us rate, rate Pochettino very highly. This <laughs> yes. recent decision to play Neymar against a second tier French team aside, whereas Ronald Koeman still has a job. Which is fascinating. Which is fascinating in and of itself, but I think a lot of people also maybe don't rate him as highly yeah. anymore. So that's kind of just a nice, fascinating wrinkle there. 
Um, but I, I do gonna say if I have my gut tells me Barcelona. I think this next one is actually a really interesting uh, matchup as well. The other February sixteenth uh, first leg, RB Leipzig and Liverpool. Yes, a Liverpool team that has been decimated in the back line and is also having a very bad season compared to last year. And but yet still a Liverpool team that has in recent weeks found its scoring legs a little bit. Yes, started to start to score some goals. Uh, obviously, the backline injuries are worrisome. RB Leipzig has had moments where they've played incredibly well, and they've had moments where they have not been able to capitalize on weaker opponents. There are some uh, location concerns for this game because of Germany and European travel restrictions. They have to find, I think, a, a neutral venue to, to play this game, not in England or Germany, which just adds to the complexities there. Um, you know, I think, obviously, the, the odds-on favorites for advancing out of this tire Liverpool I'm going to go out on the limb and, and actually uh, peg RB Leipzig to, to knock out Liverpool in the round of 16. I think that is a fair choice. I am going to go with Liverpool here, not just because of the odds on favorite, but this is all they have to play for now. <laughs> they're not going to win the Premier League. They're, they're not. I mean, Manu's not going to win the Premier League either, but neither's Liverpool. They're, they got knocked yeah. out of the FA Cup by Manu. Thank you very much. 3 2. Um, they, that was a great game. That was a great game. That was a fun game to watch. That was a fun game to watch. Um, they can't win the League Cup. So their only chance at any trophy is the Champions League. And I and I feel like that's going to give them an extra motivation. I think that their their offense is going to do just enough to carry them. And surely Allison will bounce back after that. Atrocious. I, I don't even know what to call it performance against he had against Man City. But that I mean, was bad. And that was a game that was wild. Where I was, this is gonna sound wild, but I was. If the teams weren't gonna draw, I would have had rather Liverpool win than City. Mm-hmm. Just because of the point, yeah, yeah. I, I think you want to draw there, but if you have to have a result, you want it to go to the team that's not pulling away in the title race. Um, interesting, you know, different manager matchup than the last tie we discussed. You know, we got Klopp who made his name as like the up and coming kind of next big thing in Germany at Borussia Dortmund, and he's now applying his trade in the Premier League. And you look at Leipzig's manager, Julian, Julian Nagelsmann, as I kind of feel like not necessarily the same manager as Klopp, but a lot of that same aura is like this guy has a really bright and promising career career ahead of him. And those rumors are, is he going to continue at Leipzig? Is a bigger club in Germany or, or across the European continent going to poach him? Uh, so it could be just a, an interesting managerial matchup in terms of a guy kind of at the peak of his of his game in Klopp going up against a rising star in Nagelsmann. Yes. They both have the same vibe. Sure. Okay, this one, Juve Porto. I guess I'm going to go with Juve here. It, Juve. I think, I think we're going to get a, a Weston McKinney goal or assist in one of these games. And I, I, I mean... Porto is is always a fun team to, to pull for in these European competitions. They got a tough draw with Juventus. I would also strongly advise anyone to bet on Ronaldo to score two or more goals in both of the legs. Ronaldo has scored all of Juventus's knockout goals <laughs> since in the Champions League since he's arrived. So yeah. just just there might be some smart money to be won there on him scoring. That's fair. Um, uh, the the other February seventeenth matchup is Sevilla Borussia Dortmund. This is a fascinating matchup to me. Yeah. Um, especially now that Sevilla have added um, 
This is this is one of our the moves during the transfer window as well from Atlanta. Uh, uh, what's his name? Atlanta, Papu Gomez. Papu Gomez, thank you. And weren't Sevilla the team that just knocked uh, Barcelona out of the Copa del Rey? Yes. With an, with an even Rakitic goal? And that's Eric's second favorite cup competition, only after the <laughs> uh, Club World Cup. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Uh, I, actually, I was so mad. I was so much rather watch the Copa del Rey than watch the Coupe de France. <laughs> Where does the Club World Cup fall into that? Dude, I am going to hang this fucking call up right now. <laughs> did you not watch on FS1 today? The <laughs> no, I did not. Gladly. This is an interesting matchup, though. So Sevilla have had a pretty solid, strong performance, and as we've mentioned, Borussia Dortmund have not been performing well. Sevilla have also been one of the teams to recent years to really dominate the Europa League. Uh, so, you know, this one I think is is one that could really go either way. Yes, I think I think this is one of the most balanced ties. Um, and I have Sevilla. Oh, going on this one. I kind of also had Sevilla, but now that you've said it, I'm going to take Richard Dortmund. Okay, fuck you. <laughs> uh, this one, Lazio v. Bayern. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, think, uh, I, I, I mean, Lazio, you know, are a team that have talent. Uh, at times, they've looked pretty good, you know, in, in group play. I think they, they, you know, looked good and held their own against Richard Dortmund, who actually have not been as good as we thought. Uh, also, Lazio have really disappointed in the league campaign in Serie A, and Bayern Munich have not disappointed in, uh, in the Champions League or in the Bundesliga. Now, I think this is another one of the fascinating matchups. Atletico Madrid and Chelsea. Yes. Um, Chelsea with Thomas with the new manager in Tuchel. Um, still have to fight for the Champions League. Then you have Atletico, who could be pursuing a, a, a you know, a League and Cup double is very possible here. Champions League, league and then La Liga title double. I like this matchup a lot. I think this is going to be fascinating. Chelsea lately do not show up in the big European games. And I just think that... I like Atletico Madrid in this matchup. I think they're just playing overall better. What I see is better from Atletico. And I think their defense is going to be pretty tough for Chelsea to handle. And then you have the, then you got to deal with the counterattack. Yeah, you got Suarez, Joao Felix. You've got – so I think a couple things here. To me, Chelsea are at their best and most dangerous when they're able to counterattack, you know, just with the pace they have. Uh, you know, Mason Mount, I don't think he's that good offensively, but he is a really good pressing midfield uh, and kind of can cause havoc against other players on the ball. And then you've got Kai Havertz, Timo Werner, Christian Pulisic, even Callum Hudson-Odoi uh, are all really able to push the throttle to another gear uh, once turning the ball over. Unfortunately, Atletico Madrid, with Diego Simeone are, you know, the masters of the dark arts and defend, defend, defend. So they're not a, a massive possession-based team. And then they hit you on the counter with Joao Felix, with, with Luis Suarez. I really agree with you here in that, that I also have Atletico over Chelsea. And going back to something we talked about earlier, you and I, I think, have the utmost respect for Diego Simeone's uh, chops and abilities as a manager. Yes. And I do not have that same feeling about Thomas Tuchel. <laughs> And I think the style and the matchup is not favorable for Chelsea. And then the management abilities and prowess handily tips the scales towards Atletico Madrid, in my opinion. 
Yep, I'm with you there. Um, I don't. This next tie, we don't. I don't even think we need to waste words on it. It's Man City Gladbach. <laughs> Unless unless, yeah. you, unless you're pulling something out of left field here, I think Man City are going to destroy them. I'm not pulling anything out of left field, but I don't think they destroy them. A couple things. Man City have had some, you know, a lot of great wins, but 15 wins in all competitions, mm-hmm. uh, which has never happened for an English team, I think, at least in the Premier League era. But a lot of their wins are one nothing wins, even against some of the you know the less stellar and less complicated teams. And we did you know earlier in January see Gladbach take down Bayern Munich four three in the Bundesliga. So Gladbach have the ability to punch above their weight class and and actually not just take points off but get wins. I don't think they beat Manchester City. I think Manchester City advance, but I would be surprised if going into the final tie, it's not even a competition. Fair enough. And then the last matchup, Atalanta versus Real Madrid. This one's also very intriguing to me. It is. Because you have a fluttering Real Madrid that has been, like Barcelona, has been kind of on the, has, has been on the up and up lately. And you have a very exciting Atalanta. At, Atalanta's interesting because if you look at their overall performances this year, they have not been as stellar, but they also just had a 3 nothing dismantling of Milan. Uh, back in January, I believe they also just advanced over Napoli in the Coppa Italia yesterday. So, you know, Atalanta is starting to hit their form. I'm a little concerned because, as we mentioned, they shipped off, you know, arguably their best or one of their best players in Papu Gomez after he had a falling out with Gasparini. And because of that, and because Real Madrid still have Kareem Benzema and Sergio Ramos, I'm going to go Real Madrid over Atalanta. Yeah, I'm going to do the same. I actually thought for sure you were going to go with Atalanta, but I have picked against Atalanta this year, <laughs> saying they're going to have a hangover, and uh, I just got to uh, be consistent with myself here and just pick against them now here as well. That's fair. No, that's fair. So and you know what? Like... They can make an asshole out of me if they – in my mind, I was right about Atalanta if they don't finish in the top four in Serie A and if they don't win the Champions League. But if they do want – so if they win the Champions League, fair play. They got me. But unless they do that, I but, I don't know. No, no, no. If they fail to win the Champions League, but they uh, at least, you know, I think if, if they if they finish top four, you can make an argument that they didn't have a hangover. If if they, I think, get to the next round, if they can, if they make it past Real Madrid and qualify for Champions League, I think you could argue that you were not right. Okay. But if they if they bottom out here, you could definitely argue. And if they fail to make top four, then you definitely have a point. Yeah, no, and and I still believe that they're gonna fall here, not make the top four, and then my and you, you 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 would be one hundred percent correct. Yeah, well, yeah. So I, I'm still I'm still riding on that um, hope, but um, I'm very excited. We'll obviously be talking all about that in just a few weeks. Uh, you know, now that the now that the uh, you know we kind of went a month between pods, but hopefully we can get back to you know every two yeah, three weeks. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was kind of that was kind of my bad. I was uh, going through a little job search and stuff, so that was that was on me, and I, I apologize, dear listeners. But we're back on a regular schedule now. Um, and it's just you know I just want to say, it's just, you see the way Eric takes ownership and leadership of the podcast like that, <laughs> and that's just something that a gaffer would do. And no, uh, that's a great I spot know, to end. I know, I know if I don't apologize, then I'm going to be in trouble with the gaffers. So I like to get that apology on air so the listeners can all blame me so I don't have to fear the repercussions of the man in charge. Yourself. But hey, uh, <laughs> please rate and subscribe. You can reach us at the Ungo Podcast at uh, ungopod at gmail.com. 
Ungo Podcast. You guys know where to follow us, where to find us. Uh, send us to a friend. Send us to somebody you hate if you want to annoy their ears for a couple hours. It's always a pleasure. And uh, bye. Bye. I was sitting wishing in this barren desert wasteland all alone. Hoping that mirages were in some type of scene I've come to know. She whispered closely, told me this is all that we could ever be. But none of me would be the enemy and destroy our destiny. Our love is a battlefield, and I'm a soldier made of steel, and I'll fight until the end. Shall wounds always bend? No, no. I'm on camp here tonight, and I'll win your love, love, love. If you're ready for war, I'll run the sun, sun, sun. Just surrender your core. I'll give you bombs of my love, but I don't wanna explode. So. Spirit, oh yeah, right down to the bone. Until the day I realized my courage is all I ever own. Cause our love is a battlefield, and I'm a soldier made of steel, and I'll fight until the end. Shallow wounds always bend, oh no. Surrender your core, I'll give you bombs of mine.